Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning. It's good to be back on with you. You have survived the weekend. Congratulations. You're, you get to get back at it. And uh, who knows? You may encounter something amazing this week. May, the productivity alone could just simply be awesome. All for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. We're going to have a great show for you today. There's uh, uh, some several stories in the headlines that I want to comment on in the, uh, in the What's Concerning Us section. Drafting our daughters. It's one step closer to requiring our daughters, age 18, and I think through 26, if I'm not mistaken, would have to register for the draft or face $250,000 fine and maybe some jail time, too. That's, that's crazy to me. Also on the program today, Timothy Flanders from The Meaning of Catholic is going to join the program to talk about the tradition of the church, the binding force of the tradition of the church. Is that a thing? Is that, is that the case? We're going to have that conversation at 35 past the hour. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But there is also breaking news about one of the most anti-life pieces of legislation passing the House. It, it's supposed to codify Roe v. Wade. It is absolutely horrific, in my opinion. We'll probably cover that story, too. All that and more today on Catholic Drive Times to join us for all or part of it, if you are able to do so. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. How was your weekend? It was good. What'd you do? I uh, So I, I have a photography uh, little hobby that I do on the weekends. So nice. I had uh, a bridal session and a wedding. So that was busy. Praise God. I can imagine. I remember. Yeah. Ours was very busy. Yeah. Yeah. God is very good. Did you get any rest? I did. That's good. I, I slept in every day, actually. Every day. <laughs> slept until at least 5, 530. That's awesome. Praise yeah. be to God. Speaking of sleeping in, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, good to be here. Is it? It is. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> despite it all. It's still good to be here. I, so, uh, the great outdoorsman. How did it go? Oh my goodness! Um, let's just say I uh, I like air conditioning. And, Come on, and, and not hiking uh, twenty six miles in a weekend. <sighs> we 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 hiked. Oh, you, you had the we whole weekend in four hike miles. miles. We hiked four miles on day one, uh-huh. and then fourteen miles on Saturday, and then ten miles on Sunday. It, it was reasonable. It was pretty miserable. How, um, it's not miserable. It was pretty miserable. Did you have hiking boots? I did. Oh, well, good. Praise my, God. And my everything hurt. But there are new hiking boots, though. <laughs> and so uh, I, I don't even know where to begin describing where my pain is because uh-huh. it's everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, so oh, look, Buddy uh, Buddy K9 in our comment section on the, the live video feed, I'm sure he's weeping a tear for you right now because he's remembering days in the Marine Corps when you would hike 26 miles in a day. Yeah, I don't know how you could <laughs> hike 26 miles in a day. I thought it was pretty miserable. I mean, maybe if it was flat, I could do it, but... We hiked. I think the highest ele- elevation was eighteen hundred feet, oh, and wow. that was and that was pretty. That was amazing. Oof. And so we we were told Our afterwards. Kansas has uh, Arkansas. Yeah. Did you decide if it was Arkansas or Arkansas? I've decided I'm going to call it Arkansas. Arkansas. Um, I don't know what the Arkansanians. I don't know what they call themselves or what they refer to the state <laughs> as. I have relatives there. They're probably just shaking okay. their heads right now. But like, no, like oh. so apparently, so we found out after the fact that mm. this was actually an advanced trail. 
and uh, the people who are leading it were experienced hikers. Yeah, of and course. They were like, and they were like, and they were all like, they didn't tell anybody what they exactly they were getting themselves into until afterwards. They were probably quoting the ancient philosopher, drill instructor Sergeant Mercado, who said, "Suck it up, Buttercup." Well, and the father was uh, in the Air Force Academy, so he was like, "Eh, this is easy." Uh, <laughs> Denise, so. have you ever hiked that far ever? I did. Oh, yeah. Okay. When I when I used to live in California, I used to go hiking every and Saturday. And there's some serious uh, inclines and elevations there. Yeah, I I love I love hiking. Hiking is the best. And I used to. Uh, I'm actually going hiking this weekend nice. uh, in North Carolina. So oh, wow. I'm doing some hiking up there. That'll be fun. Yeah. Praise be yeah. to God. <laughs> you should go to uh, Eagle Pass Loop in Arkansas. It's a great time. Good times. That's so wonderful. Good times. Sleeping on the rocks and roots were fun too. Well, we had a great weekend too. Uh, very jam packed. We uh, I went uh, scouting with my oldest, or my middle son, my oldest middle son, uh, oh, on Friday. So we hiked about four miles on Friday, and we hiked in uh, galosha boots, you know, like the rubber rain boots, which is no fun actually. But uh, we hiked about four miles through the thick woods, high scouting property, which was really cool. That was a lot of fun. And then uh, we went uh, swimming in a river on Saturday. We went fishing, and we did a bunch of stuff, off-roading in the, in the Tahoe. So we had a lot of fun over the weekend, too. But praise be to God, my feet aren't as, as messed up as yours, Adrian. So God is very oh. good. God is very good. Yep. I got blisters on my blisters. It's a blisters it's a good, on the blisters. Good, my feet are still duct taped together. <laughs> That's so right. It's, it's, good, it's good stuff. You got to duct tape them before the blisters start, though. That's the yeah. trick. That's so they're the trying to make them not worse. And yeah. then the new boots didn't help. So. No, I'm sure they did. All right. So we're going to jump into it. We're going to cover a lot of uh, stories in the breaking news segment. Saints of the day, gospel of the day. We'll have a what's concerning us at 15 past and 35 past Timothy Flanders from the meeting of Catholic Beyond. So it's going to be jam packed. Let's dive in and pray in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janice Valenzuela. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From LifeSite News, the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. has named a search committee to pick its new president, tapping several church figures, including Cardinal Joseph Tobin, Archbishop Bernard, and a nun who leads a Catholic college in Boston. The university's longtime president, John Garvey, age 72, announced his resignation on Wednesday. From LifeSite News, the National Defense Authorization Act was passed by 18-1 Democrats and 135 Republicans late last week. New legislation mandating the girls to register for the military draft is now one major step closer to implementation. The requirement forcing young women between the ages of 18 to 26 to register for selective service now awaits only Senate reconciliation and the president's signature after the U.S. House of Representatives voted on Thursday night to pass a crucial national defense bill containing altered language forcing young women to be drafted alongside men in the event of future military enlistments. From LifeSite News, Cardinal Thomas Collins and the Archdiocese of Toronto issued two memos to, two, to all employees 
and clergy on Friday informing them of a new mandate that will require everyone to be fully vaccinated or be subject to weekly testing. The memo read, quote, beginning on October 8th, 2021, we will require all clergy, bishops, bishops, priests and deacons to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or provide regular proof of a recent negative COVID-19 test results in order to perform their duties at the archdiocese, end quote. The memo read. From Blaze News, the Texas Governor Abbott announced on Sunday that he would hire any Border Patrol agent punished by the Biden administration over the controversy involving mounted agents and Haitian immigrants. From last week, Biden promised on Friday that the mounted Border Patrol agents will pay over the debunked claims that agents were using whips, ropes, and lassos to abuse Haitian immigrants in the Del Rio, Texas border. From Blaze News, Arizona resident who worked in the U.S. military says he's trapped in Afghanistan, slams Biden stating a lot of Americans are still left behind now that the country is dominated by the oppressive Taliban regime. He doesn't believe that they will be able to safely escape the country. And lastly, from the pillar, after a public outcry, the Archdi- Archdiocese of Moncton and Canada announced Friday that it would no, lo- no longer require Catholics to show proof of vaccination before entering Sunday masses, baptisms and prayer groups. The Archbishop wrote that although he rescinded his policy, proof of vaccination will still be required for weddings and funerals. And these are all your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Monday. The saint of the day is blessed Lorenzo of Ripafrata. He was born in 1373 in Italy and was born to the Italian nobility. Lorenzo's family had a military history and a duty to protect the outer defenses of the city in Pisa, Italy. Lorenzo, however, was drawn to the religious life and began studying for the priesthood. And while a deacon, he joined the Dominicans at the convent of St. Catherine in Pisa in 1396. As a priest, he worked for reform of the Dominicans and encouraged his brother friars in their studies, prayer life, and devotion to the rule. Lorenzo served as novice master, spiritual director, and preacher, and he taught theology. His novices and students include St. Antonius of Florence, Blessed Peter Capuche, Blessed Fra Angelico, you know, the famous artist, and the artist Fra Benedicto, vicar general of the congregation. He worked with the sick during the plague outbreaks in the Italian cities of Pistoia and Fabrino. Father Lorenzo served for 60 years, lived a simple and ascetic life, and was particularly devoted to the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. He died in 1456 in Pistoia, Tuscany, Italy, of natural causes. He was beatified in 1851 by Pope Pius IX. Blessed Lorenzo, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 50. An argument arose among the disciples about which of them was the greatest. Jesus realized the intentions of their hearts and took a child and placed it by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you is the one who is the greatest. Then John said in reply, 
Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow in our company. Jesus said to him, Do not prevent him, for whoever is not against you is for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Since we're going to be talking about traditions today in the, uh, in the guest segment, 35 past the hour with Timothy Flanders, I want to bring up, there is a tradition in regards to this particular passage here in Luke 9. The tradition of that child, that little infant uh, that was brought into uh, their midst of the disciples. There is a tradition that says that that child was Ignatius of Antioch, who would grow up to become a disciple of the Apostle John himself. Someone we've talked about uh, a bunch of times here on this program, someone who wrote seven epistles while on his way to be eaten by lions in the Roman Colosseum in about the year 110 AD. I narrated those and gave those away to our CDT insiders in the email uh, list. If you want them, please contact us. I will make sure I send you a, a, a link to that as well. But, you know, there's also a link here of Peter, James, and John. The Venerable Bede, writing in the 8th century, speculated that it was these three that were set apart. Peter receives the keys. Peter, James, and John are taken up to the mountain for the transfiguration of our Lord and Savior Jesus. They are the ones brought up a little further into the into the Garden of Gethsemane there on the night uh, as his passion begins. So, there is something to say about these three having a unique, separate role. However, what I find fascinating about that is this is a total parallel to what Moses did. Moses had his inner circle as well, his three. He also had his 12. He also had his 72, which is why Caiaphas and uh, and the rest saw this as a direct threat, that there was a structure that was paralleling that of the Israelites, and that was a threat of, uh, of or sort of a sort of a, um, a competition, if you will, for power and authority. Saint Cyril of Alexandria commenting on whether or not uh, all the apostles were, were sort of uh, falling into this trap said this, the devil lays plots of various kinds for them that love the best way of life. And if needed by carnal allurements, he can gain possession of a man's heart. He sharpens his love of pleasure. But if a man has escaped these snares, he excites in him a desire of glory, and the passion for vainglory has seized someone of his apostles. So some, not all, but this passage is speaking in generalities. But all of us, all of us are at risk. Living in a state of grace is really the only answer. That music means we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to have a What's Concerning Us section. There's lots to discuss. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, 
craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Surely, if you're thinking about the reality, the horror, and the enormity of abortion, you have to be moved to do something. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Timothy Flanders is going to be our guest. He is with the Meaning of Catholic. He hasn't been on in a long time. He was one of our very early guests when we started the program a year ago. Praise be to God. It's hard to believe we're actually coming up on our one-year anniversary of the show. We're going to have to do something special. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. But we're going to talk about tradition, the tradition of the church, and what he calls the binding force of the tradition of the church. That conversation is coming up at 35 past. There are several stories I'd like to comment on here in the What's Concerning Us. I am very glad to see this story out of the pillar this morning. Janice uh, commented on it in her news segment. Uh, the Canadian Archdiocese of Moncton, uh, has dropped vaccine registry for the mass. Praise be to God. You might recall we we commented on this last last week. In fact, I posted the video of my comments on this story uh, on a, on a new YouTube channel I just created for um, posting my sort of my what's what's concerning us commentary. Uh, so you can search for Joe McLean. I'll post a link to it in the comment box as well, so you can find it there. It's also on Odyssey and other places, but. Uh, this is good news. The Canadian Archdiocese of Moncton has rescinded a policy that required all Catholics wishing to enter church buildings to show proof of having received two doses of coronavirus vaccinations. Not one, but two. And uh, that meant they couldn't go to masses, baptisms, weddings, funerals, uh, CCE, or any of that other stuff. They were completely shut out if you, they were not doubly vaccinated. Not just one. Had to be doubled. And so it is good news, in my opinion, to see this rescinded. The archbishop saying he consulted the other bishops of New Brunswick and they came up with this policy. They're still going to require masks. They're still going to go down to like, I think it's like 50% attendance. Yeah, 50% attendance, according to this article at the pillar. And they're still going to do social distancing. I wish they would, you know, rescind some of that as well. But this is at least a step better than double vaccination, which really blew my mind. So uh, I'm glad to see that this story is out there. The big story out of LifeSite uh, is breaking House Democrats vote to codify Roe v. Wade legalize abortion on demand. The bill forbids states from uh, subjecting abortion to ultrasound requirements, mandatory waiting periods, informed consent requirements, and other health and safety rules. They're feeling the ginormous threat right now. Number one, the Texas heartbeat bill uh, that has opened everybody up to lawsuit, potential lawsuits and fines. Um, for as soon as a, a heartbeat is detected, from that point on, if an abortion is performed, everybody involved can be sued. So that has scared them. And the, of course, the Supreme Court did not uh, strike that down. So that's fascinating. And then now there's the Mississippi case that's going up to the Supreme Court. And this December, it's a, there's a distinct possibility you could see Roe v. Wade overturned. Um, 
That's very fascinating, but that's also why they are, are eager to come up with something to ensure abortion gets to, uh, gets to continue. But this piece of legislation would basically mean abortion on demand up to birth. So this is like, if this gets through and if this wins the day, then it's no holds barred abortion. A little bit of the article here. It says, driven by fears that the Supreme Court may be on the verge of overturning the landmark prohibition ruling Roe v. Wade, the U.S. House of Representatives voted 218 to 211 Friday to pass legislation that would enshrine abortion on demand in federal law. In December, the nation's highest court will begin hearing oral arguments in Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization, which concerns Mississippi's HB 1510 law banning abortions from being committed past 15 weeks for any reason other than physical, medical emergencies or severe fetal abnormalities. Abortion defenders argue it violates the, ju- the judicial, judicially created right to pre-viability abortions. Pro-lifers hope the case will finally lead to the reversal of Roe. In May, House Democrats reintroduced the so-called Women's Health Protection Act purportedly to prepare for such a future, though it would go much further than granting the tenets of Roe statutory legitimacy. The legislation which has been repeatedly introduced over the past several years without being acted upon, establishes a federal statutory right to perform and obtain abortions, including after fetal viability under the board, uh, under the broad cover of health and specifically forbids states from subjecting abortion to ultrasound requirements, mandatory waiting periods, informed consent requirements, and other health and safety regulations, such as admitting privileges. That is absolutely bizarre to me. Absolutely bizarre. You know why they need admitting privileges? Because these abortions uh, uh, don't go uh, as planned many times. They're not as safe as they would like you to believe, and many women are harmed. And they have to call an ambulance to come take these women to an ER to try to save their lives because they could bleed out and bleed to death. And uh, and there have been many, many uh, cases of that. So admitting privileges for this abortion doctor at the local hospital helps to help these women who are in these botched abortions. But nobody wants to admit that publicly. Therefore, the admitting thing becomes a real problem. Not only that. There are requirements that go along with admitting privileges that a lot of these abortion clinics don't actually live up to. They can't get to that standard. If you needed your tonsils removed, you'd have to be at that standard. Aborting your baby? No, not so much. So there's big issues there. So this is a big concern. If this piece of legislation goes through, it is no holds barred. Um, so it's kind of all or nothing. We're, we seem to be at that moment. So we need to be praying about this. I'm trying to get uh, Sean Carney on from 40 Days for Life this week uh, to comment on all of this. And plus, the 40 Days for Life campaign has launched. So prayerfully and hopefully you are a part of that. You're actually out there praying for the conversion of the doctors, the nurses, everybody involved, moms, dads, uh, the life of the child, grandpas and grandmas, and everybody in between. That would be amazing. Praise be to God. And if you're hanging out with us on the live video feed today, let us know if you're going to be praying a part of the 40 Days for Life campaign. Real quick, uh, just in passing, uh, this is a concerning story out of the Epic Times this morning. The New York National Guard may, be, may replace unvaccinated healthcare workers in New York. So the brand new governor there, who happens to be Catholic, by the way, and very pro-abortion, 
Last week, she talked about how she was inviting women of Texas to fly to New York and they can get their abortions. Uh, this is a Catholic, mind you. And now she's threatening the unvaccinated health, uh, medical workers in her state because I think it was like some 70,000 uh, medical workers are refusing the vaccination, even though they're over 80% vaccinated in their, in their hospitals there. So whoever's left that, that chooses not to for, for their own personal reasons, well, they're going to be fired. And she's threatening now to, to either to get people from the National Guard or from uh, she's contacted the State Department and she's asking the State Department for people with visas who might qualify for these jobs to bring in foreign workers. Isn't that fun? Thank you, Catholic Governor of New York, for your, your charity, right? Uh, I want to go to this story, though. Because this is the one that, uh, that gets, un- gets under my skin a little bit here. This is also out of LifeSite News. House passes bill to force young women to sign up for the draft. The National Defense Authorization Act was passed by a 181 Democrats and 135 Republicans on Thursday night. I want you to let that number sink in of Republicans that voted for this. New legislation mandating that girls register for the military draft is now one major step closer to implementation. The requirement forcing young women between the ages of 18 and 26 to register for selective service now awaits only Senate reconciliation and the president's signature after the U.S. House of Representatives voted Thursday night to pass a crucial national defense bill containing altered language forcing young women to be drafted alongside men in the event future military uh, in the event of future military conscription. The $778 billion National Defense Authorization Act, an annual defense package, was passed after 181 Democrats, 135 Republicans in the House voted to approve it. Only 38 Democrats and 75 Republicans voted against the legislation. The policy bill will now be punted back to the Senate for reconciliation with an earlier version of the legislative package already approved by the Senate Armed Services Committee. The Senate Armed Services Committee has voted 23 to 2 to approve its version of the bill in a closed-door session on July 21st, just days after it was announced that the language in the existing draft had been modified to eliminate reference to males and instead require all Americans between the ages of 18 and 26 to sign up for selective service. Now, uh, so essentially, we are about to send our daughters to war. Now you're saying, Joe, hold on, doesn't Israel do that? Aren't there other countries? We got women serving in military right now, and some of them are in combat roles. Yeah, sure, that's true, but is it right? That's the question. Just because we can do a thing doesn't mean we ought to do a thing. That's a principle. We should all know that. Women are a, a precious commodity, a precious resource that we men who are not as precious and we are uh, more disposable, ought to protect. It is our duty and our vocation to protect the women and children in our society. This is why we, we are passionate about issues like abortion, for instance. We must protect uh, those precious resources. It is part of our job. It is part of our, our vocation. And it, it bugs me to no end to see an ever-secular society embracing this notion that are women who might be capable to do many things that men do, but fail to understand that just because we have similarities, that that makes us somehow 
the same in the mission and the whatness and and the uh, objective truth of who we are as male and female. We both have different roles. We may be equals, but we have different roles. And it is not for women to go off and fight wars. And it bugs me to know, and, and I'm sure there are many who would disagree with me and feel free to tell me that. That's completely legitimate. But it bugs me to know, and to see that we are going to draft our young women. We're going to put them in selective service. And now, if they fail to register, they could see fines up to $250,000 or imprisonment up to five years, according to this article at the LifeSide News. That should bug Americans. Even if you're not Catholic, it should bug us that, w- that we would put our young women in this circumstance. Why is that? Why would we do that? Uh, why are we following the example of, of others in, our, in this world? Are we just so secular now that we have lost sight of the value uh, and the dignity of femininity? Do we not see the, the role that God has given to each and every one of us? It really speaks uh, a lot to me in my perspective as to how bad, how far down the road we are. And again, I want to point out at how many Republicans are completely okay with this. Uh, this is another quote from this article. This is quoting from, uh, from one such Republican. Look, right now, today, if you vote for the NDAA, you are voting to draft our daughters, said Republican uh, Representative Chip Roy of Texas. There is no other position you can take. The current law of the land does not have a requirement that our daughters be drafted, okay? If this NDAA is passed and signed into law, then our daughters will be required to sign up for selective service and make themselves available for the draft. While the United States has not instituted a draft since the Vietnam War, moves to require women to sign up for selective service have grown over the years as more military occupations, including combat roles, have been opened to women. You'll have to read this article for yourself to get the rest of it, but it is very concerning, at least to me, and hopefully to you too. Don't go anywhere. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back with more breaking news and stories with Janice, and then we're going to have Timothy Flanders to talk about tradition. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Often unbelievers have a hard time reconciling the doctrine of hell with an all-good God. In fact, I've talked to Catholics who struggle with this. So what can we say to help? Well, first, the punishment of hell is not a kind of vengeance inflicted by God from without, but follows from the nature of sin. All those in hell choose it, and God's respect of man's free will doesn't contradict his goodness. Furthermore, it belongs to God's goodness to make a distinction between loyal and disloyal subjects and to give their just deserts. What kind of a God would he be if he gave the same reward, heaven, to those who refuse to love him as to those who love him? He wouldn't be a good God. For these reasons, the doctrine of hell is not incompatible with God's goodness. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice, and this is these are your headline news for today. 
From Catholic Vote, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told the press Sunday that she saw it as self-evident that Biden's Build Back Better Act, a massive $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill, will have to become smaller before it passes. From Catholic Vote, House Democrats passed the so-called Women's Health Protection Act in a two 218 to 211 vote on Friday. The bill is designed to ingrain the most expansive in interpretation of Roe versus Wade into federal law and therefore permanently eradicate all state level pro life legislation. The proposed law is exposed to be blocked in the Senate, where Republicans will filibuster. It only one Democrat, Henry Cooler of Texas, voted against the bill. Cooler is a Catholic who represents Texas 28th district, which has a population that is 79% Hispanic and majority are Catholic. From Catholic Vote, the Federal Reserve's inflation forecasts for 2022 are at the highest since 2007. The Fed has indicated that it may slow slow down its aggressive monetary stimulus. Last month, Representative Brady from Texas said that both the White House and the Federal Reserve have been in denial about the seriousness and the length of the current bond of inflation. From Catholic Vote, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro admitted to a Senate committee that out of 600,000 Afghanistan nationals evacuated during the withdrawal, a mere 16% are U.S. citizens or special immigrants with visas. The U.S. White House Congress member has asked the, the billion-dollar resettlement from Afghans evacuees to make welfare benefits available to Afghan nationals. Former President Donald Trump told the Christian Broadcasting Network that Roman Catholics are very angry with President Biden for his support on pro-abortion bill, which has passed the House on Friday. If you look at his policies and if you look at what he's doing to religion and organized religion, if you look at what's, what's going on, I don't know how the Catholic Church can be supportive of him, Trump had said in his speech. From Epic Times, the F FDA authorizes COVID-19 boosters of Pfizer for seniors, those of high, high risk. The Food and Drug Administration on Wednesday authorized for emergency use of booster dose for Pfizer vaccine for those of ages 65 and older, as well as those of age 18 to 64 who are of high risk for COVID. And lastly, the COVID pandemic has increased teacher shortages across public schools in the United States, forcing some to go back to remote learning. Teacher shortages, difficulties filling up job openings have been reported in Tennessee, New Jersey and South Dakota. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Monday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janice, for keeping us up today. Joining us once again uh, here on Catholic Drive Time by Zoom Chat is Timothy Flanders with the Meeting of Catholic YouTube channel, um, podcast, as well as the editor of 1 Peter 5 of recent edition. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Timothy Flanders. Thank you, brother. Happy to be here. Jesus is King. How are you doing? Amen. I am alive and that counts. And uh, there you go. Praise be to God. Uh, 1 Peter 5, real quick before we jump in, how's that going? 
Excellent. Very blessed uh, to be on board with 1 Peter 5. Uh, our mission is rebuilding Christendom and restoring Catholic culture and tradition. All right. Well, God is very good. I want to jump into talking about tradition. Um, there was a, you had a recent debate with uh, Michael Lofton. Somebody who's been on our program several times. We love Michael Lofton here uh, about the binding force of tradition. And, you know, this is interesting to me because um, I have grown to love the tradition of the church kind of slowly in many ways. We've only uh, been going full time to the TLM now for the past year and a half or so. Prior to that, it was a, a Latin Novus Ordo for, for many years. And prior to that, it's your typical Novus Ordo in the suburban parish. So it's kind of been a slowly boiling kind of a thing for, for me and my family. And one of the questions that's kind of come up in my mind uh, recently and seeing the trend of people going towards traditional Latin uh, masses is what is tradition? Uh, what is tradition? I feel like so many of us uh, more recent devotees to the TLM really don't have a good concept of what tradition is. So before we talk about the binding force of tradition, let me ask you, what is the tradition of the church? Yeah, sure. Uh, tradition, the term tradition is both a noun and a verb in its original Greek and Latin, uh, paradosis, which means to pass down the thing that is passed down. And so this refers not only to the deposit of faith and the scripture and tradition contained in various catechisms, but it's also including everything else that's passed down, everything that's your smallest little custom, like the the meal that you eat at Michaelmas or the dance that you dance at Christmas or whatever, which are just oral, oral customs, the ways we dress, things like that. Those are all passed down. And they're all guarded under the virtue of piety, which is the virtue by which we honor and revere our elders, and we receive what is passed down to us. So let's talk about St. Paul then, and his words to Timothy, to hold fast to the traditions that were handed on, either by word of mouth or by letter. What does Paul mean by that when he says that? Yeah, I, I believe you're referring to Second Thessalonians 2.15. It's 14 in the Dewey Reims. Um, so it's it's saying, uh, let me just read that. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold to the traditions which you have learned, whether by word or by epistle. So this is referring to what St. Paul went to the church, and he taught them everything orally, and he also wrote them letters. So he taught them things that they should be bound to and passed down, and they should take these things and then pass them down to their children. This is also in, in the letter to the Corinthians. St. Paul says, I am handing down to you what I received. He received something. He's passing it down to them, which is the, the Holy Mass, the Eucharist. You know, it's, it would seem to me that the vast majority of, of Catholics— other than talking heads, um, ivory tower warriors, people, you know, people like that. People like, I include myself in that category. Uh, I, is, other than that, the vast majority of Catholics, the average layperson who's just trying to get by through the day, they've got medical bills and they've got car problems and they've got kid problems and marriage problems and groceries to buy. And they, they don't understand the nuances and they wouldn't begin to know what traditions are, are, are sort of, uh, obligatory versus which ones are optional. How does the average Catholic begin to sort out the, what is the tradition, what is traditional, what is optional? That's a great question, because we live in a time where that's in question. 
And the problem is we have, you know, before we might say we might just put 1800 as a, as a, as a note, um, before this time, there was this strong binding force of oral custom. So if you read, for example, St. Alphonsus Liguori's moral theology, he talks about all these moral questions. And then he says, but if cust- if it's customary, then let it be. And there's this strong uh, deference to custom. But Our Lady of La- Our Lady of Good Counsel predicted that in the 20th century, there'd be an overthrow of customs. And so there's all these oral traditions. And I think fashion is a great example. Because how should you dress? Well, that's passed down to you orally. It's taught to you by your father and your mother. They tell you how to dress. But if there's a breakdown in the in the generations, then the next generation dresses differently. And the next generation after that dresses differently. And everyone's forgotten how people are supposed to dress, all these things. And it's all oral is the problem. Nobody wrote down a manual and said, okay, here's everything everybody needs to pass down. It's all oral. And so the problem when we have these discussions is that we're in a period where everyone's forgotten all these different customs. Another great example is courtship. How, how are you supposed to do courtship? That was all oral once upon a time. Now it's all up in the air. Nobody knows what to do. Everybody's forgotten about everything. So we live in a time where we need to restore these customs and restore these oral traditions and these different things that were passed down to us because we've forgotten them. And so that's a very difficult thing to do because it does involve recovering certain things that are oral and that were basically assumed for centuries. Nobody wrote them down because everybody just did them. And they were also we're, being communicated orally. So definitely how been do a, we do this? It's definitely I, been a lost start. It's definitely been a lost start, I think, yeah. in American culture, American evangelical culture. And, you know, the immigrants come here, and then after several generations, they've lost the customs they brought with them. And now my own, like my own history, my family, you know, immigrated from Scotland and England eight in the 18th century. So, like, we're so far removed from even those customs, those ideas, that uh, we, we simply, it's just lost to history. There's no, there's no concept of it. I think that's part of it, would you say? Oh, absolutely. I, this is... This is the changing world that we live in. There's immigration and there's the economy is entirely different. And there's this breakdown of generations. And so the family is understood only as the nuclear family and not the extended family. And so, and every new generation reinvents itself. It has a new fashion, new music style, all new sorts of customs. Every new generation is broken from the generation before it. And so we need to restore. So it starts Part of it is recovering the traditions, recovering the customs as much as we can, reading about them. We're, we're publishing an article series at 1 Peter 5 called The Forgotten Customs of This Feast or That Feast. So every big feast will have a big Forgotten Customs article. And um, Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Timothy Flanders is our guest. The Meaning of Catholic is his YouTube channel. Check that out. We'll link to it. Uh, but also the editor of 1 Peter 5. We're going to come back from the break and we'll carry on this conversation. Then talk about the binding force of tradition. All that's coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. But in the meantime, tell a friend. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, we should not blame people for whatever bad things they may sometimes do? We should not judge them for their faults. We should be kind and merciful. Well, of course we should be kind and merciful. However, it is not merciful to say that we should not blame them for the sins they commit. As G.K. Chesterton says, 
Blame is actually a compliment. It is a compliment because it is an appeal to a man's soul. When we call a man a coward, we are, in so doing, asking him how he can be a coward when he could be a hero. When we rebuke a man for being a sinner, we imply that he has the potential of being a saint. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Speed of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Timothy Flanders is our guest. Uh, his podcast, his YouTube channel is The Meaning of Catholic. He's also the editor of 1 Peter 5. Uh, highly encourage you to check that out. Good, good morning to you again, Timothy Flanders. Yes, good morning. Praise be to God. We're having a conversation about tradition. And uh, just over the break, I was talking to Adrian, my producer. And uh, I, I keep coming back to this big issue of at least in my mind, how if you thought of all Catholics everywhere as a pie chart, this faintest sliver would be the, the would represent those Catholics that are super plugged in, super into the nuance, super into like sort of the the the, the details of of teaching and and uh, and whatnot, the magisterium, all that. The rest of Catholics I find are just surviving the day and probably aren't as plugged in and aren't asking the difficult questions, let alone knowing how to sort fact from fiction out. Um, you know, Adrian, you had a question about uh, attire and how that relates to what I just said. Right. I had a the thing of which you're talking about clothing really reminded me of a, a debate that's constantly being had among uh, people trying to figure out what's the proper decorum to have at mass. And so you have people like, oh, well, do I need to wear a tie? Do I need to wear a coat? Uh, among the ladies, there are people who are like, oh, I can wear pants or no, I have to wear a skirt and uh, so on and so forth. And the, they always come back to, well, show me in a document of the church where it says I have to wear X, Y, or Z. Show me in, the, in a church document where it officially declares, oh, yes, if you're a Catholic man, you need to wear a tie to mass. Or if you're a Catholic woman, you have to wear a dress to mass. Um, and they're like, well, it doesn't exist because we lost this idea of tradition. Could you speak about that? And how do we reclaim these things that are just been, that are just, they're gone. They're not recorded. Yeah, that's exactly the problem is that there are, there is this binding force of tradition by custom, which is passed down orally. And you just don't have documents because the church did not find it necessary to confirm what everyone already believed and passed down. So there, this is the this is the it's insufficiency of asking that question because there's a bigger authority there. How do we recover that? Well, thankfully, there has been a lot written down, and that's what we're doing at One Peter Five is the, the Forgotten Traditions series. So there's been a lot written down on various customs. So we do we can recover a lot of these things. We can find out what our forefathers were doing. Some of these need to be translated into our own context, like some things in Europe don't always apply to North America or especially like in the Southern Hemisphere because they have different climate. So it's part of it is about adapting it to your own climate. And then that also goes into we do need to actually create our own customs. So, for example, at Michaelmas, we 
our family read about a, a, a custom in um, Catholic all year round by um, Mrs. Tierney. They uh, they beat up a Satan pinata for Michaelmas. And so this is their tradition. And th- this is something they, ju- they just made up. And so part of these things are making up traditions, which are just expressing the same faith and morals, but just in a new way, because we do need to create something new to pass it down again. You know, we, we interviewed her. Uh, it was a great interview, great conversation. And sort of the impetus for that interview was Maria von Trapp. And, uh, uh, yes. and and her writing that's been now republished, Sophia's got a, a copy out. There's been others, um, you know, around the year with the Von Trops and how it, it's amazing to me when you read that, how she has imbued the Catholic faith in every segment of her family life, 24-7, 365, every day had some element of the Catholic faith, lived and breathed in her home, in her village, and, and in her community. And to me, when I think of what is the tradition, I think of that. I think of how the Catholic faith is lived and breathed in in the community. And again, I just think that's just been totally lost. Now, is it po- you, you said the way we recover, but how do we rec- how is it possible to recover that? Well, it starts in the family, and this is something that everybody, even, you know, a Catholic who doesn't read a bunch of, you know, PhD or whatever in theology, you don't need to have a bunch of academic knowledge to remember your childhood when you did X, Y, and Z on this day, when you had St. Nicholas Day and you had your shoes out or whatever, or various things like that, various customs and things that you enjoyed as a child, which you now want to pass down to your your own children. This is what you do when you get married. You talk to your spouse about what did you do when you grew up? <clears throat> excuse me. And what do you want to pass down to your children? And so this is this this is this custom which becomes this sort of habit that you just assume that everybody should do. That's how you recover. You start it in the children. You you teach it to your children. They grow up loving it and wanting to pass it down to the next generation. Well, that leads to a great question, which is um, if. These are just, you know, these are pious traditions. These are great things. Someone might respond and say, well, Timothy, this is great and all. And yeah, it'd be cool to have these traditions in, in, in place. But, you know, they're not really, it's not part of the magisterium. It's not, it's not an official document of the church. So I don't have to obey those things. I can just do my own thing. What would you say to uh, that kind of response? Well, our, our, our obligations as Catholics are not restricted to acts of the magisterium because those acts in fact are the more the the less frequent of our obligations our our more frequent and more ordinary obligations have to do with scripture and tradition when we read in the holy scriptures and what the scriptures tell us and what the tradition tells us and the magisterium is there to clarify various things in an extraordinary way especially um but the, the force of custom, the obligatory force of custom is very large. St. Thomas says custom is the force of law. And so it's, it's when you start to think that way, when you reduce everything as a Catholic to only what the Pope has said or what the magisterium has said on this and that point, you're reducing the whole Catholic life with what Joe was just saying. The Catholic life is 365, 24-7. That's the whole uh, Catholic. When we talk about Catholic being the whole thing. When you reduce it to one aspect of that, you start to reduce it and you start to break down the traditions. You start to break down the tra- generations. So then your, your children are breaking apart from you and the next generation. This is, what, this is the problem we have today. And this, is, this type of thinking is what has caused this. 
Well, you know, we have people today which uh, we they call themselves the progressivists, and G.K. Chesterton famously said, progressivists are really good at breaking things, and conservatives are really good at making sure they don't get fixed. <laughs> um, and the uh, and so people might say, make the argument, and say, well, you know, we are progressed, we have gone through history, and we've decided to reject a lot of these traditions, and we have tried to accept the ones that we're creating right now. Now, so why not just uh, keep progressing? Why, why, what's wrong with I, what's wrong with being a progressivist? Well, it's it ultimately is a denial of truth itself because truth itself is passed down. Truth, goodness, and beauty are passed down from your forefathers, and they're passed down to you. And there must be a proper, healthy, organic relationship with the past. So that it's just in the same way as I raise my children, they become different people than I am, but we have the same faith and the same morals. And so there is a development in the sense of there's a deepening, there's a a progression, there's a certain progression. So we can't reject absolutely everything progressing whatsoever, because then that that would lead to an extreme reaction. And that's what we have. We have extreme reactions on both sides. So there needs to be this organic link where the gener- the generations are one with one they're one with each other there's not a rebellion of sons against the father uh the the prophet says the holy ghost says in the scriptures saint john the baptist will come to turn the hearts of their fathers and the fathers of the children and to turn them turn them together this is the union of of the family life and so progressivism ultimately destroys the family it destroys truth goodness and beauty and that's why we have an ugly world Janice? I was going to ask Timothy, as a Catholic woman, um, you know, I, I'm uh, married and uh, my husband and I, we talk a lot about liturgical living and how we want to develop that in our home. So something that comes to my mind is that I love that you say that the family is the, uh, the source that passes down tradition. And as women, I think that uh, one of the major roles of passing down this this tradition is homemaking and liturgical living. So what would you say to women and uh, Catholic women today? Uh, how, how can they foster this liturgical living in their home to pass down this tradition? I, I will say, uh, have you ever stepped into an ugly church? And then compare that to the way that you stepped into a beautiful church and the feeling that you had. This is, this is the effect of uh, a woman on a household is that uh, the the mother and the wife creates this beautiful environment. It looks good. It smells good. It's homey. It, this is something that I, as a man, I'm very incapable of doing. And I'm <laughs> very, very thankful to my wife for making this house into a home. And this is something that has such a huge impact on children as they grow up. Children don't understand all these nuances of, of doctrinal, but they understand beauty. They understand the goodness, the just this intrinsic goodness of fun, creating these things. And this is something that mothers have just this intuitive sense that they know how to do it, that men are just lost in the clouds of all this whatever, and they miss that. And it's such a concrete, it's a concretization of the tradition. And I think it's absolutely fundamental. That's why women are really the pillar of Christian civilization, because mm. they form that early youth before there's even the age of reason. So it's critical. 
That's an excellent point. You know, in the last segment, I was commenting on this legislation that would force our ladies to, our young women to uh, uh, register for the selective service for the draft and how I commented on how that was a, a violation, in my, at least in my take, on the dignity of the human person because women weren't created to fight wars. That's not their vocation. That's not who they are. And uh, I just think you spoke to that very beautifully about uh, how they have this wonderful role uh, to create this beautiful environment that speaks so eloquently to all souls. Um, in the last uh, minute here with Timothy Flanders, the meaning of Catholic and also editor of 1 Peter 5. So uh, t- talk to me real quick about binding force of tradition. You got about a minute. Yeah, well, what you need to do is look up Chad Ripperger, The Binding Force of Tradition. It's a short book. It's uh, 52 pages. You need to go buy the book. And he talks about the binding force of tradition in far more uh, detail that I can do in a minute, but it, it's essentially, it's in those scripture passages that we mentioned, the binding force tradition. St. Paul also says, if we or an angel from heaven come to you and preach another gospel, then what you have received, let him be anathema. That's the binding force of tradition. You've received a tradition, you've understood it, you know it, and then you know when there's a deviation from it. All right. Well, praise be to God. The meaning of Catholic and 1 Peter 5, uh, Timothy Flanders, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful. God bless you and God love you. Thank you, brother. God bless. All right. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. We'll hopefully get this conversation posted to everywhere but YouTube because they don't appreciate our conversations very much. But uh, you can go to our website and find the links there at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. If you can join us in the next hour, praise be to God, we're going to have a lot of fun. We've got more breaking news and stories, and they're all good news in the second hour. And our fear and trembling Catholic trivia game show with prizes at stake. You could win. All that's coming up next. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Don, why do Catholics confess their sins to a priest rather than going directly to God? Because that's the way God set things up for us to receive His forgiveness. In James 5.16, God, through sacred scripture, commands us to confess our sins to one another. Scripture does not say confess your sins straight to God and only to God. It says confess your sins to one another. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus tells us that he was given authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Scripture proceeds to tell us in verse 8 that this authority was given to men, plural. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus says to his disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. How did the Father send Jesus? Well, we just saw in Matthew 9 that the Father sent Jesus with the authority on earth to forgive sins. Now, Jesus sends out his disciples as the Father has sent him. So what authority must Jesus be sending his disciples out with? The authority on earth to forgive sins. And listen to the next two verses. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. 
Why would Jesus give the apostles the power to forgive or retain sins if he wasn't expecting folks to confess their sins to them? That's crazy. And how could they forgive or retain sins if no one was confessing their sins to them? The Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another. It also tells us that God gave men the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus sends out his disciples with the authority on earth to forgive sins. When Catholics confess our sins to a priest, we are simply following the plan laid down by Jesus Christ. He forgives sins through the priest. It is God's power, but he exercises that power through the ministry of the priest. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, you have survived it. Uh, the weekend, I'm sure, was great, but you're back. You get to go back to work. You get to go back to your school, your life, whatever is your normal agenda, Monday, Monday through Friday. Praise be to God. Just to, just imagine what you might uh, experience or, or accomplish this week, all for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. Hey, good news, bad news. Uh, I have uh, three new questions uh, for the Catholic Trivia Game Show. Uh, some of them may or may not be tricky. That's the only thing. We'll have to just see. It could be all easy question Monday. I don't know. You're going to have to wait to find out. But the good news is we have a new game show sponsor this week, which means new prizes, which means you get a new opportunity. If you've never played our game before, you should tune in at 15 past. Get the phone number. Call in. Be the first to call in and uh, and and take your chances because almost everybody gets into the drawing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's like it, we've never had... We've never had a case where no, where someone didn't get into the drawing. So your chances are great. So make sure you call in at 15 past. That's coming up this hour. We will have an after show. It'll be a somewhat abbreviated one. But uh, after we go off of the radio, we stay on the live video feed. And we will discuss whatever is on your mind. You get to control that conversation. You just have to be a part of our live video feed, which you can find linked up along with our phone number at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Timothy was a good guest. Yeah, he was great. I've never heard of his podcast really? or his YouTube channel. Oh, wow. So yeah. that was definitely a first. And I, I really enjoyed his conversation. He is one of the first Catholic Drive Time guests we've ever had. I Was he the very first? Who was the very That's first? That's a good question. Good morning, we should go back Adrian. and look at that. We should get, I tell you what, if, uh, trivia if question? it's a trivia question, whoever can tell me the correct answer to who our first guest was ever on the program, I think I know now. I think I know now. I have no idea. I can't I think will of it. send you an autographed CDT mug. Uh, I don't I will, think it was Timothy Flanders, though. It wasn't. So the first person to tell me who it was 
correctly, I will send you a CDT mug. You can you can send your information to uh, to Adrian, which his email is linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. First to get it right gets a mug. Uh, good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Uh, we were talking about a tire in the last hour, and your attire is very interesting. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, mm-hmm. the meaning of Catholic, mm-hmm. there's only two... Uh, things that i support on youtube uh patreon wise and that's one is pints with aquinas the other is meaning of catholic really so, yeah i'm a huge i love uh timothy flanders been uh donating to his uh, apostolate for the past uh-huh. i guess year and a uh-huh. half now or about a year about a yeah, year now. but i'm a little yeah. scandalized uh i can't believe this i'm just learning this um pints with aquinas really yeah yeah i love pints with aquinas really it's uh, it's good stuff. What with uh, Matt Frad? Are you being he, serious? Yeah, I love Matt Frad. I don't like agree. You with intentionally it. give him money. I don't agree with everything Matt Frad says, but <laughs> he has some amazing guests, and so you know it's okay, it's okay. good to donate so you're, to you're, those who you're feed you spiritually. To the guests, not to Matt. Um, donate to you. him, booking the guests. I got you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. As long as we're clear. As long as we're clear. Yeah. He's good. That. Plus, he has a really good mug. So I mean, I'll, that's all Are I'm saying. Are you judging our CDT mug? Uh, all I'm saying is Whoa. that he has a pretty stellar mug. Is you, all I'm saying. Okay, all. again with the whole judgment thing. Uh, I'm judging that his mug is great. Why mm-hmm. are you being so judgmental about mm-hmm. our CDT mug? Yeah, his mug is amazing. So, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you please stop commenting on the CDT mug? Right. The Pints of the Quinas mug is awesome. Enough all from beverage with, vessel. Uh, listen. I, so our so you don't like our mug is what you're saying. And the uh, I drink a lot out of uh, the Pines of the Quinas mug, uh, often. Uh-huh. Okay. See what I'm dealing with here, folks? This is what I have to put up with every day. Speaking of which, uh, we are going to have good news segment coming up here in a moment. Uh, praise be to God. Then we will do Saints of the Day, Gospel Day. We'll do the game show at 15 past. And then, as I said at the top of the hour, we will have an after show where we will uh, ha- have a little laugh with uh, Brother Adrian and his 26-mile hike uh, and his, uh, his attire for the day. So maybe that'll be the after show commentary. We'll have to see. Uh, let's dive in and jump into our hour. And we're just, again, grateful for everybody who is joining us this week. It's going to be a jam-packed show all week long. In fact, tomorrow, Mark Oz Geist is going to be our conversation in all the guest segments in tomorrow's program. So he is the guy who fought at Benghazi. So we conversated with him last week. We recorded it. We'll play it for you on the radio tomorrow. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Janice Valenzuela. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis met last week with three Afghan refugee families at the Vatican, including a Catholic family of four children and a man whose parents were killed by the Taliban. In the joyful encounter, seven refugee children presented the Pope with some of their drawings, and Pope Francis has prayed with the Afghan families. The second annual March for the Martyrs took place on Sunday in Washington, D.C., featuring a testimony from advocates for persecuted Christians and from survivors of pers- persecution. 
From Gia, Mac- Gia Chacon, the president of the group for the martyrs, organized the protest on September 25th, quoting, She hopes to bring awareness to the global crisis of Christian persecu- persecution. The reason that people don't care about Christian persecu- persecution is because they don't know that it is happening. Chacon told CNA this past Sunday. From Catholic News Agency, over the several next months, the USCCB and Catholic charities across the U.S. will welcome upwards of 7,500 refugees from Afghanistan. The USCCB is one of nine resettlement networks in the United States, and it's partner and it partners with 45 Catholic charities agencies across the country to provide provide resettlement services. Also from Catholic News Agency, the Archbishop, the Archbishop of San Salvador thanked Saturday the President of El Salvador, Nabi Bukli, for his commitment not to approve abortion, gender and ideology and euthanasia in the constitutional reforms outlined by the government in his homily at a September 18th Mass for the National Bicentennial. Archbishop Jose Luis was in was also the president of Salvadorian's Bishops Conference said quote we want to take this moment to thank the president of president of the republic for the commitment he has expressed not to amend those articles of the political constitution End quote. From Catholic News Agency, Catholic leaders on Wednesday called for better treatment of Haitians and other migrants crowded under a bridge at the U.S.-Mexican border. The Migration Committee and Sister Donna Marcom, president and CEO of Catholic Charities, stated in a recent press interview, quote, We call on the U.S. government to reassess its treatment of migrants in Del Rio, elsewhere and along the U.S.-Mexican border, especially Haitians who face life-threatening conditions if returned to third world countries, end quote. From Epic Times, two former Catholic school alumni parents, Colleen and William, have donated $200,000 to three Catholic area schools to, with their hopes of using their money to help children who are struggling to pay for Catholic ed- tuition. Lastly, from Catholic News Agency, New York's Sheen Center for Thought and Culture is featuring a photo exhibit of inspiring moments from the pandemic. The exhibit is called the The Portraits of Grace Exhibit Honors Heroes of the COVID-19 Pandemic. The Sheen Center for Thought and Culture in Manhattan is presenting a photographic exhibit that highlights and honors the spirits portraits of grace honoring heroes of COVID-19 pandemic and showcases the human and the divine present in the pandemic experience. And these are all your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Monday. The saint of the day is Blessed Lorenzo Ripafrata. He was born in 1373 in Italy and was born to the Italian nobility. Lorenzo's family had a military history and it was had a duty to protect the outer defenses of the city of Pisa, Italy. Lorenzo, however, was drawn to the religious life and began studying for the priesthood. And while a deacon, he joined the Dominicans, a wise decision, at the, conv- at the convent of St. Catherine in Pisa in 1396. He became a priest and he worked for reform of the Dominicans and encouraged his brother friars in their studies. 
in their prayer life and their devotion to the rule. Lorenzo served as novice master, spiritual director, and preacher in taught theology. His novices and students include St. Antonius, Blessed Peter Capucci, and Blessed Fra Angelico, and the artist Fra Benedicto. He became the vicar general of the congregation, and he worked with the sick during the plague outbreaks in the Italian cities of Pistoia and Fabrino. Father Lorenzo served for 60 years and lived a simple ascetic life and was particularly devoted to the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. He died in 1456 in Pistoia, Tuscany, in Italy of natural causes. He was beatified in 1851 by Pope Pius IX. Blessed Lorenzo, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 50. An argument arose among the disciples about which of them was the greatest. Jesus realized the intention of their hearts and took a child and placed it by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you is the one who is the greatest. Then John said in reply, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow in our company. Jesus said to him, Do not prevent him, for whoever is not against you is for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Saint Ambrose, uh, quoted in Haydock's commentary today, says, Our Lord is not moved by this event to teach us that perfect virtue entertains no thoughts of revenge, and that anger cannot be found where the fullness of charity reigns. The weak must not be driven away, but assisted. Let the breast of the religious man be ever unmoved by passion, and the mind of the generous undisturbed by desires of revenge. St. Ambrose, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a couple things. One thing is to note that whenever our Lord says this, he's not referring to, he's not saying like, oh yeah, there's just some random guy on the street and he's like just casting out demons randomly in Jesus' name. And uh, no, that's not what was happening here. See, what happened here, according to Cornelius Alapide, he says that the that they thought, specifically John, he said that John specifically asked this question because from his love, he was the most zealous of his master's honor. Now, this is a very good thing to be zealous for your master's honor. But he goes on, uh, Cornelius Lapide points out, he thought that only the apostles to whom the power was given were permitted to do this. So it's not saying that any old bloke can uh, just start uh, casting out demons in the name of Jesus. He's saying that it doesn't reside in only the apostles, that others can also do this in our Lord's name. Uh, that doesn't mean that we should go out and do this, though. We, this is something that is reserved for the hierarchy of the church, uh, passed down from there. Uh, St. Ambrose remarks, he thinks that he who does not render obedience should not enjoy the benefit arising therefrom. Now, something to note from Cornus Lapide in regards to the last of this passage, which I find incredibly fascinating, is the idea that our Lord, whenever he uh, does this, He's pointing out that there should be unity between us. He says, Cornelius Lapide says, quote, And Jesus said unto them, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. 
they were taught that no one was to be hindered from the exercise of such powers of doing good as he possessed, but rather to be encouraged to seek increase in them. And he uses an example that many men are made holy by priests who are not themselves holy. And he gives this example to show that just because someone is wicked, such so because someone is evil or someone is not even Catholic does not mean that they can, there cannot be good that can arise from it. That does not mean we should not encourage them to become closer to the fullness of faith. And Bede remarks, in the case of heretics, it is not their sacraments, which they hold in common with us, but their divisions. And so contrary to the truth and peace should be detested and should strive to amend. So, good things to point out. All right, praise be to God. It is time to play our game, our fear and trembling Catholic trivia game where prizes are involved. And your opportunity to possibly win this prize, $45 value this week, uh, is right now. Call right now. Pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. It is all easy question Monday. I just looked. Call right now. To 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is coming up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear 
and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Chair, where we have a secret and hidden agenda, and we also have continual phone problems. Pray for us. Hopefully we'll get that resolved. But the phone lines are open. Uh, we have, uh, I think we have reset it, so you should be able to call in right now at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call now to 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Now, here's the deal. We have three Catholic trivia questions, and uh, they're, I think they're all easy today. I think it's pretty straightforward, fairly easy, and that's why uh, your chance to win is pretty good. But here's the deal. We don't ask you these questions, the caller. Instead, we will ask uh, Janice, we'll ask Adrian. One of you or one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong, and the caller will only have to decide which of the two they think is right, and then... And that answer, if it's right, goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janice, what could they win? Uh, if you're looking to update your domestic church and add a uh, beautiful Catholic uh, homemade rosary plaque hook, this is the prize that you definitely want to get in this week. Daybreak Watchman is a Catholic um, um store small business owned by a catholic married couple named justin and becky nice uh their company is called daybreak watchman and they create custom woodwork um products to decorate your home or even sacramentals and in particular what they're giving away is a five hook rosary plaque so if you if you pray the rosary with your family and you have, you know, five, there's five of you guys or, 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 or more, but you can definitely hook your rosary on this, uh, and, uh, and you can mount it on the wall. And it's beautiful because the plaque is designed, uh, to provide storage and intentional display for your rosaries, your keys, or your dog leashes. How cool. It's perfect for anyone that wants to, um, Adopt the rosary at home. All right. Well, praise be to God. Thank you, Handmade Wooden Crucifixes from Daybreak Watchmen, for generously sponsoring our game show this week. God is so very good. So all phone issues aside, let's go to the phones. Kim and Tony, good morning from Rowlett, Texas. It's good to have you back on the show. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Praise be to God. It's been a long time since you've been on. What have you guys been up to? Oh, school and, oh gosh, Tony, we went to Galveston, we went to Oklahoma. We, <laughs> we wow. You guys have had quite the summer then. What was your favorite part, Tony? Um, my favorite part would have been uh, well painting my um, grandmommies. Uh, well, it's been a good time. Uh, well, I've been on the, uh, well, I've been on the um, patio with my grandma. My grandma was um, drinking coffee. How wonderful. Well, praise be to God. It is great to hear you guys back on the program, and we're excited to play the game. Now, I think since the last time you were here, Janice uh, is a, a new addition. So I don't know if you've been listening or, or have formed any opinions about her level of trickiness. She's pretty tricky. She's pretty tricky, but I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, keep, keep a close ear. <laughs> You, you're veterans. You know how this game is played. We love that. <laughs> Praise be to God. All right, we are going to jump into it and play the game. Here we go. Uh, Janice, we will start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes. Are you mm-hmm. sure? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Janice, 100%. can you tell me how many kinds of actual sin are there? How many kinds of actual sins are there? Yeah. Um, how many? 
Well, I remember when I was a little girl, mm -hmm. there was I, I read the Bible and there was a psalm mm -hmm. that said that our our sins are the numbers of our hairs. Wow. Have you heard that? I don't have very many hairs. I'm just saying. So, praise be to God. Joe's almost a saint. I'm, I'm darn near sainthood. So, biblically, biblically, biblically speaking, that um, uh -huh. we we cannot number. Our so you're sins. saying a lot. It's a lot. Like a lot. A like lot. the the, the okay. number of strands of hairs we have. That's how many sins we have. <laughs> speaking of speaking of which, Adrian, can you tell me? How many kinds of actual sin are there? Speaking of not sinning, you're right. Or uh, having a lot of hair. I have too much hair. <laughs> but uh, there are two kinds of actual sin. That'd be mortal and venial. Wow. So there's nothing in between between a lot and two? Yeah, there's two. And these uh, under these two actual sins, uh -huh. uh, there uh -huh. are the... Uh, these smaller categories of sins, like the seven deadly sins and things like that. But, but your answer two. is mortal two. and venial. Mortal and venial. Okay. So, uh, Kim and Tony, here is the deal. Adrian says there's only two mortal and venial categories, whereas uh, Janice seems to think there are many, 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 many. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Um, I think Adrian. Adrian? Wow. Mm. But you are right. Excellent. Excellent choice. <laughs> Tony. Where's my duh, man? Why do you turn my duh down all the time? Good grief. Bring back the make duh great again. That's what I say. Uh, congratulations. You are right, Tony. Well done. You've, you've uh, gotten the right answer. Mortal and venial is the correct answer. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. It might be God's will that you win at this point, but let's see if we can't increase your chances at winning. We're going to go to uh, Adrian this time. Adrian, can you tell me what is the name? of the Second Order of the Franciscans, founded by St. Clair of Assisi in the year 1224. What do we call that? So I, I remember this because my uh, my friend, whose name is Claire, she, uh, we always make fun of her, and every time something bad happens to her, or she has, like, her boss gives her a hard time, which is uh, Mr. Gabriel Castillo. Praise be uh, God. We just like, poor Claire. Poor Claire. Poor Claire. Poor Claire. Uh, so it's the poor Claire's. Um, that's your answer. It's poor Claire's. Mm -hmm. Huh. Okay. Okay. Seems on the nose, right? Uh, sure. Could be. It's possible. Uh, let's just see what Janice has to say. Janice, can you tell me, what is the name of the Second Order of the Franciscans founded by St. Clair of Assisi in the year 1224? What do we call that? That would be the Clares of St. Francis. The Clares of St. Francis. A little yes. more straightforward on that one. Hmm. So here is the deal, Kim and Tony. Uh, Janice happens to think it is the Clares of St. Francis, whereas Adrian seems to think it's the poor Clares. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? Um, I'm going to go with, um, with Adrian again. Are you sure? Of course, <laughs> of course, that's the answer. I mean, I don't know how going I with feel. Adrian is uh, such a great idea. I don't know how I feel about Adrian getting two answers correct back to back. I mean, I'm a little uncomfortable, I think, but I guess it's still true nonetheless. So, well done. It is in fact the Poor Clares, by the way, Mother Angelica's uh, community, Poor Clares, and the shrine there in Hansville is exquisitely beautiful. You should check it out if you can. All right, third question. See if we can get you a triple perfect score today. Uh, we're going to go back to Janice. Janice, uh, are you? Or can you tell me? Is fortitude 
one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Fortitude. Well, there there are many fruits mm. of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but yes, mm-hmm. I, I would say fortitude is one of mm. the many. One fruits of them. You, of the so Holy your Spirit. answer is yes, then. Yes. I'm wondering what Adrian's answer is going to be. Adrian, can you tell me, is fortitude one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Well, she said yes, so I'm going to go with no. <laughs> you lack you creativity, could, You could go sir. with maybe. You could, could, yeah. could go with maybe. I mean, go with maybe. really? That's your only option? I, I'm going to go with no. So rigid, I would say. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so here's the deal, Kim and Tony. Adrian says no, fortitude isn't one of the, whole, the fruits of the Holy Ghost, whereas Janice says yes, it is one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? Okay. Uh, did you say Janice? Yes. Are you sure? I'm so oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Ouch. Ah, did, you, did you just notice how quickly he was on that buzzer? He was just like raring to go. <laughs> raring to go. Uh, Captain Rub It In. Uh, all right. Oh, well, I'm sorry. The answer, in fact, is no. Fortitude yep, yep. isn't one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost. But... Don't fear. You're in for two. And, you know, I think your chances are very good this time, uh, Kim and Tony. So uh, God love you. God bless you. Thank you guys for playing our game today. Thank you so much. We always have fun. Praise be to God. Have a great day. I don't know where you're going. Probably going to school today, but uh, have fun at school. And God be with you guys. We're going to put you on hold so that uh, we can make sure we have your phone number. But, uh, again, thank you again for for playing our game. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show on this Monday. Praise be to God. As I said, tomorrow, Mark Oz Geist, who fought at Benghazi September the 11th, 2012. He helped write the book, which helped make the movie, 13 Hours. He is going to be our guest tomorrow, so stick around for that. But today, in the next, uh, let's say, 15, 20 minutes, we're going to be in our after show conversating about whatever you want to conversate about. So you get to drive that by simply being a part of the conversation on one of our video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey. We're uh, live streaming on Odyssey, but we're also right on our homepage, or rather our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can be a part of the conversation. Just comment there or on one of the other video feeds. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. We'll see you back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Tell a friend. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get more casual about the conversation. As you as you know, most of you are CDT insiders, so you know the deal. If you're new here, though, and you've never commented before, please do us a favor and comment. Uh, we love our first-time commenters. It really is a highlight for us. 
and uh, we'd be grateful to you to let us know, uh, hey, you're listening and where you're from. That'd be pretty cool. Praise be to God. And we lavish extra love on our first-time commenters. But we do, just so you know, we like to throw around a lot of insider jokes that, that everybody here who's been around a long time knows. So if you experience such a, a, an insider joke like that and you don't know the deal, you don't understand the punchline, uh, just speak up and let us know and we'll be happy to explain it to you. Praise be to God. Um, but it does happen. And the conversation can go any direction you want it to. You get to comment and let us know what you want to talk about, and we will talk about it. Now, just so you know, today, uh, Mondays are always shorter than every other day, and that's because Adrian has uh, another show to produce at the top of the hour, and he's got to turn around and get ready for that. So uh, there's that. Um, so let's talk about the biggest issue of the day, uh, Adrian Fonseca's dress code. Now, you guys see him on the video, right? You, you can see him, right? Tell me, does that dress code look appropriate to you? I'm just curious. Adrian, put yourself on camera so, so the good fine folks can see it. Looks appropriate to me. Um, can I get a show of hands? How many people think that is an appropriate attire for our show today? L let us know. Comment one way or the other. Uh, stand up for the, for the good fine people. Stand up. Stand up. What, what do you say? Standing is and, painful. And what do you say? Because all they could see was your head. All right. And the wings of, of St. Michael coming out of your head. Like, what was that supposed to mean? Like some sort of Greek thing going on there? Some kind of Greek thing. Hermes? Hermes? <laughs> like, what is the deal there? It's like you're Flash Gordon or something. Um, so is this attire appropriate? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. And the reason why I ask is because what you can't see, <laughs> what you can't see is Adrian. How old are you again? 23? 23. Dragging yourself in this morning. Half dead. Uh, after coming back from a, a weekend hiking, a camping excursion, um, it's the lower half that you're not able to see. That's the that's the funny part. <laughs> that's, that's that's the that's the joke. It's the lower half that you not see. On as camera. Franco said, looks good to me. Jeff said, dapper Adrian. Dapper. Sita said, very handsome. All thank you oh, very much. Don said, thumbs up. What? Uh, see, this it's getting good. Good, 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 good response. <laughs> nah, come now. Maybe you should pan down. I'm just. I'm no, just, I cannot. Maybe I can't you do that. Just pan down. Let the good fine fine mm -mm. people see the truth. Mm -mm. Truth of the matter. But uh, no, I'm wearing shorts right now. <laughs> Normally, I wear black slacks uh, and dress shoes or tennis shoes. Usually, actually, uh, but today I'm wearing sandals and <laughs> and shorts because uh, I am in uh, so much pain. <laughs> I have blisters all over my feet and uh, and horrible pain everywhere, and I couldn't get pants on this morning, so I put on shorts, and I was like, it was it was pretty uh, miserable. Was it was pretty miserable. I was like, getting out of bed. I was yesterday getting out of my uh, out of my sleeping bag. I was like crawling out of my, every. I woke up every like ten minutes because I would uh, move in my sleep and I'd sure. wake up because I was in so much pain. It's the best though, isn't it? I you don't will know about never that. forget this trip for the rest of your life. You will never forget this trip. Okay, so here's the thing. So like this trip, I mean, it was. Uh, I wish I would have known ahead of time. Then I could have prepared uh, for the trip because I had no idea what to expect. I wasn't expecting a 26 mile hike up 1800 feet of elevation. And because it was like mostly beginners. And so I was like, you know, they'll probably do like, I don't know, 10 miles or something like that. Maybe you thought they were beginners, but maybe they, they no, knew okay, something so, you didn't. So my brother didn't know. 
what it was going on either. His, my uh, and like half the people is in no idea, but half the people are veterans and they specifically tell set, don't tell the new guys what they're doing ahead of time. And I was like, oh my goodness. So uh, yeah. So I mean, if it was <laughs> it wasn't this uh, twenty six miles in the first go, it would have been much much easier. Um, yeah, learning getting trial by fire was was not was not exactly the most fun. Yeah. Uh, but you know, now anything less than this will be easy. So, amen. Yeah, it's amen. pretty miserable. But yeah, right now I'm wearing shorts. Miserable. It's the misery is the fun part of those types of adventures. Sonia says, "Show us your shoe, Adrian." I can't show you my shoe because I'm not wearing shoes. I'm wearing sandals. I'm wearing sliders, and uh, my feet are duct taped right now. Yeah, I I started getting blisters on my feet. And father was like, here, duct tape your toes. Nice. And I was like, uh, okay, that's kind of weird. Look at that guy go, And so he, he just hands me a roll <laughs> of duct tape, and it's just like, here, duct tape your feet. And I was like, duct tape my feet? Why would I duct tape my, okay, father said duct tape my feet. Okay. And, uh, and then by the, by the end of the, by halfway through the second day, yeah. I had like duct tape on both my big toes, <laughs> on the side of my feet, on the, on my heels of my feet. Yeah. So now I got duct tape all over yeah. my feet, and I'm like, I need to soak my feet in water to get these off because it is painful yeah you need you need shoes that have a little bit more room around the toes uh, and then obviously the the back of the heel can't be digging in that'll also cause big blisters but the, yeah. the feet like a camel right when a camel puts its pad down it expands it's like a snowshoe effect which is why it can walk on sand and we have trouble uh your, your toes need to expand a little bit in the shoe and if your boot doesn't allow for that boy blisters start forming fast yeah the other problem was they were new boots so they weren't broken in yet and so i didn't yeah uh, they were, it was you that made it worse never forget this trip yeah it was everything that could have gone wrong went wrong oh, those uh, are my favorite oh, kinds day one dinner mm. we were eating pasta and the guy who was cooking dinner dropped the pasta in the dirt and we we're like well we're getting some uh, some extra protein today. That happened to me a couple of hunting trips <laughs> oh, ago. Man. I was taking the kids. I took the kids hunting, and we uh, we were pack. We were getting to pack up, but I had to cook them breakfast. So I'm cooking breakfast uh, while they're packing. Or we're, uh, anyway, we were making the bacon, and it took forever for the bacon to cook. And finally, it was done. It was delaying everything. I was anxious to get on the road. And then what happens? I knock the bacon over onto the dirt. Mm. Did you eat it? No. I fed it to the coyotes. We ate we ate it, dude. I was we so had, angry. We had it. That was the only food <laughs> I we was had. So mad. So we ate it. <laughs> we got it. We picked it up out of the dirt. So upset. We were like picking like pine pine needles out of our mouths as we we're eating the pasta. Yeah. It was uh, we we're like, oh you know, there you go, folks. There you was go. this a, a male only male only hike? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could not imagine having like young women. Eating dirt <laughs> pasta. Eating dirt. Well, not we, we not also, a very feminine thing. Yeah, no, not at all. We were also cleaning our bowls and stuff yeah. with dirt. So we're like, we had to get dirt and just rub it in there to get all the grease and everything out of it. And then we just throw it in. It was, yeah, uh, so good times. Yeah, Did you guys say times. mass in the like in the fields? Yeah, so father brought... So I carried the altar, actually, for probably four-fifths of the trip. I carried the altar. Nice. And it was heavy, man. Oh, my goodness. Wood and altar. And... um Father would set it up. He said, Mass Adoriensum, very beautiful, Novus Ordo Mise. And it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool saying Mass in the wilderness. But um, yeah, that's, yeah, why, that I like, altar, that's why I like the end of the wild retreats because 
we at the end of the wild we build the chapel from scratch we walk into the woods and whatever we find there is what we build the chapel with and we you build the altar you build the ambo you build the presider's chair you build the the uh, pews you build the crucifix everything and then we do a candle we do a torchlight procession to the chapel at night for Eucharistic Adoration Benediction, and then the Holy Mass is said there the next day. It is awesome, and uh, I love that experience because it also includes hiking and tromping through mountains and, and hills and valleys and swamps and everything else, depending on where the location is. And uh, and your blisters get blisters, and I've had I've had hyperthermia at that retreat on a at least one occasion. You know, I was hoping to get chased by bears last year, but it didn't work out that way. Yeah, I was getting prepared to fight a bear. I had my knife drawn <laughs> and everything. There are I was bears like, up there. Oh yeah, there are. There are. Yeah. So we yeah. had to like we got our our yeah. packs and we had to hoist them up at night <laughs> so a bear's gonna come. <laughs> that eat is them. a cool retreat, man. Yeah, that is a great I, retreat. It was pretty rough, man. I was like. I was like, I didn't even get to enjoy the sights. We didn't get in the river other than to cross the river. So we had soggy shoes yeah. for, for like six miles uh, walking this in soggy shoes. This is my kind of thing, you know, where it's aye, miserable aye. or like where you you come back and you're totally obliterated, right? Your body hurts. Nothing works well. Like that's my favorite kind. My dad and I, that was the kind of thing my dad and I would do all the time when we did go camping and hiking and whatever. It was always miserable. The last time uh, he and I had an opportunity to do that was a long time ago up in New Hampshire and it was in April and we were like, let's go on an epic uh, a wilderness camp. Like, yeah. So my dad brings his big dog which is like a um, it looks like a wolf it's a ginormous dog that looks exactly like a wolf but it's not i can't remember the breed uh malamute maybe uh, i forget at any rate um and we we're hiking we did about a probably a 15 mile hike through the wilderness and we were fording this river and the dog was afraid of the river every time we had to like haul the dog across the river every time. It was pouring rain. We finally get out to to a little pond uh, next to a beaver dam, and uh, and there are giant moose piles everywhere. And it was just we couldn't start a fire. We were soaking wet, and uh, the next day we we dragged ourselves out of there sore and and soaked and messed up. And to this day, it's one of my favorite memories. It's just so cool. Yeah. Well, the it. That, I could see myself doing something like this again. Just so yeah. you know, you know, That's just, the just not like uh, That's the attitude. Not throwing you, uh, throwing a, a someone into the deep end. Maybe and uh, <laughs> maybe better because like just think you are prepared yikes. for Santiago now. Yeah, I you guess so. could go to Spain right now and probably have no problem doing. I suppose the worst part, really, I because it wasn't so bad going uh, whenever we were on flat terrain. It was the elevation that killed me. Like 1,800 feet in the air, and then we had, I think, three uh, mountains and then several peaks, and uh, and it was like, it was the the hiking up was the worst part. Everything else, I was like, okay, it's not so bad, it's not so buddy, bad. But that was buddy, horrible. tell tell brother Adrian about the Grim Reaper. He 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 has no idea about elevation. To be fair, and, and and steepness. Tell him about the Grim Reaper, buddy. To be fair, I think I could do it. Uh, I think you could do. You're 23 just, for crying out just loud. Just not right now. I just have to prepare. Like it's yeah. like that's what I'm saying. It's like it's the throwing you into the deep end part. That's the bad part. It's like yeah. you work up to those kind of things. And I think uh, like if I should have, if I had known, I probably would have started like walking 10 miles a day or yeah. getting some think something in to try to get myself prepared for it. You but I had no idea, it, my friend. I know. I survived it cold. <laughs> Yeah, I completely guy. cold, and my brother <laughs> too. Guy. My brother did really good. He was he did much better than I did. Awesome. Uh, but next I, time, I take your toes early. Back. 
Yeah, before yeah. the blisters start, get the tape on. We had some one guy had a blister this like the size of his pinky toe. I ha- I've I was had like, holy. Moly. I've had a blister the entire ball of my foot was in one big blister at one of those uh, into the wild retreats. So I think that was in Chico State Park. I made the mistake of trying to hike in in rubber boots. I hate hiking in rubber boots. Um, they're great for the water and the swamps and snakes and all that, but man, they they just kill your feet. They're not very great for that. Yeah, so there you go, folks. So future reference, uh, if you ever want to go hiking, make sure you know what exactly you're doing <laughs> and uh, prepare. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Boy, that brings back so many great memories of miserable trips that were just the, the, a blast. It's just so amazing. Oh, everybody had sleeping pads, and I was like, what's a sleeping pad? <laughs> <laughs> My dad and I, we hiked up. Uh, we were in Switzerland, and we hiked up in the Jungfrau region. We hiked up to from the campground. All the way up to the base of the Eiger Mountain. How many people have seen the Eiger Sanctuary with Clint Eastwood? We were there. And so I can't, I don't know how many thousands of feet that is in elevation, but we, we hiked all the way up to the base. We carried one sleeping bag and a tarp. You all slept in the same sleeping bag? We no, we just we we used it as a blanket over both of oh, us, okay. and so we get up there. We're way above the tree line, so there's no firewood. <laughs> We're burning the labels and food packages just to keep a fire going, wow. and it rained all night long. Oh my goodness! And we were soaked and tired and messed up. If it I, rained, I would have this. I would have just been like, "Father, <laughs> leave me behind. Just like no. let me die. Give me anointing and just leave me here to die." The next day, we we drag our sorry selves over to this village at the top of the mountain where the train stops and we're like waiting for the train to start to take us down the mountain two days later we go for a raft because it's like 40 mile an hour freezing cold glacier water and uh we have a rubber raft that we bought at the store so we jump in and we're cruising down we're yelling americans americans and all these people are jeering us from the shorelines and we're cruising down this thing but by two minutes in i couldn't feel my legs it was i was completely numb and we hit a we hit like a like a fall, and it, it's probably like six inches of fall. And my dad falls over one way, the oars go the other way. It was it was so hilarious. It was so much fun. Praise be to God. Nothing like a miserable camping trip to to really uh, get the fire stoked in your heart for the good outdoors. Praise be to God. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's uh, show. We have to leave early because of uh, y- your friend. Uh, Shorts and flip-flops, Fonseca, who has got another show to uh, produce today. Gloria and Jesus and Sonia and Don and Sita and, and uh, Lori and Patty and everybody. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Thank you for hanging out with us. We're very grateful to you, Mike, Eric, and Tammy, and the Burrier family, Franco, and, and James Medina. Good morning to all of you. Praise be to God. It was good to be on with you today, Buddy and Michelle and, and our friend David. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for Catholic Drive Time. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
It's the. Uh, uh, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't uh, connecting y'all yet. I had to connect to y'all. <laughs> like, hello. Ah! Sorry, I was uh, distracted with uh, talking about a camping trip over the weekend. It's okay. I'm used to being ignored. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'm pretty good. What are we talking about? Just <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. riff. Rough. California District 7. What you think he's going to take another run at it? That's bad. And, you know, you got to know that the other side's looking for it. Anything that they can find on you, they're going to find, and they're going to enforce. Republicans can be held accountable. Yep. I can hear you either way. Yeah. Maybe it was the volume on your headphones. I'm digging the uh, I'm digging the Saint Michael. I, I like the Saint Michael statue. I'm sorry, sorry to distract, but I'm, I'm looking at the. That's that's nice. That's pretty awesome. You have uh, eight minutes or seven. It's 
Sweet. Cool. So what's the plan with the two clips? Okay. So both of them will be in the second section and you, which, okay. And which one, which, which one first, which one second? Right. Okay. Awesome sauce. Uh, no, it's actually kind of slow. I mean, nothing's changing in Afghanistan. You know, the Taliban told their foot soldiers, you guys got to behave. I'm like, okay, that's going to be enforceable. What? Oh, dang. We do that in Texas, so. That's kind of based. Oh, oh my gosh. It's about the split reins, the fact that, you know, there's a, a style of range you have on, on the forces. Mm-hmm. I totally appreciate it as a cavalryman. One question is, we just didn't have enough. We sent the 7th Cavalry back to the board. Uh That's the artillery guys. They, they drag trailers behind them. The Kazons go rolling along. It's it's now they they change the word as the army goes rolling along. Have you seen the uh, the space force dress uniforms now? You gotta send that to me. 
Well, their, your new, uh, their new dress uniform um, has, you know, it's basically offset where it buttons, and it's six buttons that go up the side. It looks like something out of uh, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that is clearly. Well, Shatner almost had him talked into adopting Navy ranks. He thought, you know, the first vessel that should be commanded should be, you know, done by a, a, a captain, a captain, not a colonel. That makes sense. No way. No way. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. That's too on the nose. Nomenest omen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a Purdue game. I could refuse it. Like I could refuse it just for humanita for humanitarian reasons. <laughs> for humanitarian reasons. All right, y'all. Uh minute and a half. Uh y'all got thirty seconds to uh finish up your chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> I just I'm just trying to figure out how to shape it. I'm I'm gonna do the uh you know the the hack around, you know. <laughs> Should grow a Fu Manchu. Yeah, I I did have a goatee for a while. Yeah, that's right. Wax it. Why act? Whatever do you mean? All right, one minute. Putting you on mute. <laughs> <laughs> 